Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm doing the podcast today on the 4th of July, which... (laughs) I really hadn't thought this through very well. There's so much explosions going on outside my window with the whole neighborhood is letting off fireworks. Um, so I don't know how much that's going to affect the podcast, but I'm, I don't, I couldn't pick it up when I did the test. So hopefully it won't be too disruptive, but if, if it is, it's just, uh, it's just theme music for today. You know, I, I talk about it a lot, how how fortunate we are to live in a country like we do. And I know with the politics and things, you would think, you know, uh, so much, so many people are miserable living in the United States, and so many of us are happy living in the United States, and we're proud of it, and we're patriotic, and we, you know, we love what this country does and what it stands for and we know it's not perfect and we have our flaws but we'll take them you know we've earned we've earned the right to do that and you know we feel that you know the world is a better place with a strong america now i know i have some i have some listeners that are from other countries and they may not agree but you know, I'm a patriot. I I am a, a believer in what we stand for and that we overall do good. And I want to believe that. I've seen enough of it. I participate in it. My family is in the military. I know what they've done. So, you know, happy 4th of July, everyone. Happy Independence Day, more appropriately. And that is really what it's about. It's about being independent and how fortunate you are and I am, and we are, to live in this country and have the opportunities that we have. And, you know, this podcast about building a service business or building any business, you can't do that. You just can't do that in any country. So why are they, why do so many people want to come to the United States to, to, to do it? It's because of the setup. So if you're, if you're sitting in America and you're not happy with where you are, you just have to look in the mirror because there's only one person to blame. It's you. There's there's so many stories of people building up out of nothing, refugees that come over here, immigrants that come over here, people who are crippled, people who have all kinds of disabilities. And probably if you're listening, you are probably in pretty good shape. But the biggest obstacle is between your ears. It's the how we think about what, you know, what we have and how hard we have it or why we can't do something. You know, um, in my company, we started selling a product. We, we, we used to sell, I'm not going to go through all the product, but we used to sell probably five to $10,000 worth of this certain product a year. And now, once we believed in it and we saw how well it worked across the board, it, it was better for the customer, it was better for the application, we made more money, technician made more money, our in-house fabricators made more money. Now, of that product, it's chimney caps. 
we we sell between seventy thousand and one hundred fifty thousand dollars a month in just chimney caps because we believe in them. We know how much they can help the chimney. Not and it's not just a regular cap. It's a it's a big cap. It protects the chimney better. Without going into it, what I'm really trying to get at is the belief in something. It could be another product that we would totally believe in and sell a lot of. I used to. I consulted with a company, a chimney company, and they had a technician that sold over $10,000 a month just in dampers because he believed in these top-mounted dampers. I've seen other companies sell tons of waterproofing because they just believe it goes on every structure. They sell it for a premium. They, you know, just, it's whatever you believe in. So it's what is between your ears, you know. Uh, Want to talk about something fun I did this week? Uh I got to go hang gliding, and my employees bought me a gift certificate at Christmas, uh, two gift certificates, and uh, went down to Chattanooga with a group of people, my wife, and uh, we uh, got towed up on a, or it's individual, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm with a pilot, so you're going tandem, and um, we got towed up 3,000 feet on an ultralight. And they drop you off and you you sail around. You drop at about 300 feet per minute. So, you know, at 3,000 feet, you're going to be up for about 10 minutes. Sometimes you catch a little thermal lift. Man, it was so fun. And it's it's really exhilarating going up because that, that little hang glider is light and it jumps around. And, you know, it's uh, you've got some turbulence behind that thing. But, wow, what a cool adventure. If you ever are in a chance to do it it's in it's called uh, lookout mountain hang gliding in, in chattanooga tennessee super simple process go in sign up watch a video hook up and then at one point they even let you steer and steer around and so cool so that was a fun thing this week um i want to talk about a, a situation that happened to me a couple years ago because you know, you read a lot about people saying, you know, hustle and grind, hustle, 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 this 10x everything, 100x everything, and just hustle. And, you know, I I know you do have to hustle. I, I feel, I say this a lot, you got to hurry. But at one point, one big stretch of my life, I, I would only get about four hours of sleep a night. For years I did that. And I thought it was fine and I could handle it. And everybody knew that I didn't sleep much. I, my thing was I still had musicians hours. So I go to bed at two o'clock and I get up about six o'clock and go to work. And I did that for so long because, um, I, I could get a lot of work done at night. Plus I like just have not having something to do and be able to check out and just do my thing without any you know anyone around necessarily and I could get a lot done and I've said it a lot you can how you're going to change your life is probably between 7 p.m at night and 2 a.m in the morning well I took that to an extreme I took all all the way up to 2 a.m and then I got right back up to six now I wasn't working out I wasn't taking care of myself but I was hustling and and I do have to say I mean I do feel like it helped me in some ways grow the business but there was a there was a price to pay for me not a couple of years ago that I didn't see coming and that I didn't I didn't at all think was was about to happen 
And so here's what happened. Uh, we, I was setting up a trade show in Atlanta, uh, for one our, for our franchise. And we were, um, we were finished setting up and me and one of my partners were in my car and we were at a stoplight and I pulled up to the stoplight and I was talking to him. And in my mind, I was just still sitting at the stoplight waiting for it to turn green. But I, I could hear him yelling, Mark, 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 stop, stop. And just weird. So I looked to the side, to my right, to, to look at him to see what he's talking about. And I can't see him. I, there's like nobody sitting in, that, in the seat. And I'm like, I can't see you. He's like, what are you talking about? And I, then I could see him. And I had, I had driven across an intersection, uh, through a red light, across an intersection, and up on a sidewalk. But by the time I finally pushed the pedal, listened to him, and then I could see him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what just happened to me. Something, that is something crazy happened. I mean, it was very scary. And he was scared to death and I was scared to death. I mean, can you imagine somebody just driving the car through a red light and just going crazy, you know, as you're a passenger? So I we got out, switched places, obviously. We drove. I felt really weird the whole day. I said, I got to get to a doctor. I had something. I don't know if I had a stroke, if I had a seizure. I don't know. Something just happened to me. So I go to my doctor, and he runs blood tests and can't figure anything out. I don't, you know, have any symptoms. Everything seemed fine. I went and did an MRI, full test, no problems. Uh, so then they sent me to a neurologist. And the first thing the neurologist said was, uh, he said, how much sleep do you get a night? I said, about four hours. He said, four hours, and you're 50 years old. I said, yeah. He said, you're sleep deprived. He said, uh, he said, you went to sleep at that intersection is what happened. Your body, you didn't know it, but you went to sleep. And, uh, he said, I see it all the time at stoplights. It happens at stoplights more than you realize. Cause it happens in your car too. Cause at sometimes the most relaxed place. A lot of people are is in their car. You come to a stoplight and boom, you're out. And he said, you have to get at least six to eight hours of sleep at night or you know it's just terrible for your health so that was the beginning of a journey for me to not work as hard that was a couple years ago i'm about to be 52 and next week man so that's two years ago and i started to pull back from from that hardcore work and I started to let other people do a lot of the work in the in, in the business with me and start hire high level people to take the the brunt of it. At the time, I really didn't have a COO and a, and a controller, and those are two people I have hired since then. And our company has grown radically from those hires. Truth is, it almost killed me. The good news is. I learned a very valuable lesson early enough without having to pay too high of a price, but it was a wake-up call. And I'm sure you've had wake-up calls too. The, the question is, did you pay attention to it and did you, or, or, you know, did you pay attention and did you get out of it? Did you do the right thing? Or are you still in it? You know, there's a parable about, you know, not working on Sundays 
All right, I mean, it's a Bible story about, you know, you're not supposed to work on Sundays unless the ox is in the ditch. If you get the ox in the ditch and you can't get it out, if even no matter what day it is a week, you're going to have to labor on Sunday. The problem is, and if you take that into business, yeah, sometimes you got to hustle and work really hard for a short period of time. But some guys, the ox is always in the ditch. Some business owners are always behind and always waiting on that next big deal to be profitable. If only the next big thing would happen, this one big job would come in. And so they're hustling and working and just killing themselves. And there's really no change. They're always driving the ox into the ditch. It's their fault. So I want to challenge you if you're that person, if you don't have any kind of a you know, if your business isn't that successful or it really, you are totally the key linchpin for the whole thing. If you're gone, the whole thing crumbles. You've got an issue with how you think about the business and how you think it should run. You know, I'm getting ready to do a talk for a, for an industry supplier and I was going through and I'm making my talk, um, you know, in a couple of my slides, but you know, one of the one of the things I came across that I think is a real aha moment is uh, that your business will totally change the day you start making some of your time. You start taking some of your time and say in your head, my job is not to run the company. My job is to find people smarter than me to run the company. Like when you do that, when you think of that and come come to that realization that that's really what your job is as an owner your whole trajectory will change. And I've got, I've recently hired some very smart people that cannot, I could never have done what they've done. I couldn't do it. I can't think that way. I'm not wired that way. And, and that has been the key for me is to hire these high level people. You know, the days of trying to find cheap labor the, those are gone. That ship has sailed. I hope no one out there is trying to find cheap labor to work for them. You need to find smart people. You need to find that, you know, that's what you're looking for is smart wins and they're not cheap. So you need to, you need to think differently about that. The other thing about that is education because now education is the competitive edge. That is what how you are going to compete better against your, uh, one, other employers trying to get people, but two, for your clients. The better educated you and your people are going in, people can see it. But, you know, they can educate themselves on the Internet. And when your people come in, they've got to be sharp. They, they have got to stand out. That is your competitive, ed, competitive advantage. So, you know, I've talked about that a bit, but, you know, sometimes people say, well, you know, if I train them too well, they'll leave. And then, you know, the old saying was, yeah, so if you don't train them, do you want to not train them and they stay? You know, so that was the one part. But now it's even different than that. Now, if you don't invest in them and train them, they will leave. And usually those are the ones that you don't want to leave, right? You, if you don't train them, they leave. I mean, I hope you're understanding that. 
most of the really sharp people want to be have educational opportunities and have some control over that. Many of the people that are coming to work for us now, one of the main complaints was that they weren't being trained. There was no opportunities in front of them. They were kind of, uh, you know, either pigeonholed or looked over. So understand that's how you're going to lose your good people, too. If you're not investing them and training them on an ongoing basis, you will lose them. They'll lose them to someone else that will train them. So one, don't be afraid to train them. It is your competitive advantage and train them as much as you possibly can. Now, we've adopted a lot of online training, which they go through, but we still bring a lot of training in-house. Recently, a lot of my guys went down to a safety ropes training. We have, you know, lift training. We have masonry training. We have of gas uh, equipment vendors come in and train you know we're training all the time and my guys my guys feel well trained and our customers understand that they are too another note i had is that um you know you don't want to outlearn your team a lot of times we as business owners are the ones going and getting all the education and then trying to come back and and tell it to our people well, that's that's a killer. A lot of times, uh, one, they don't want to hear it just from one source. You you learn better sometimes from somebody completely new. Two, they will learn differently than you will. You'll pick up something that's important to you, but they'll pick up something that's important to, you, to them. Well, which is more important? Well, if you're trying to move your team fast, you both want to learn and compare notes. What did you learn and what did I learn? That's... That's always been a big deal for us. We do that after every big session. We come back and have a meeting like, what did you guys pick up on? So don't outlearn your team. Another one is to change your culture a bit from, you know, a know-it-all culture to a learn-it-all culture. You know, how fast can we learn and train is should be your culture. Not that, you know, sometimes it happens in my company where guys start beating on their chest that they know it all and they're this or they're that. And I always try to knock that down. Um, I'm always learning. I want to always be learning. I want to always be listening, have an open mind and to see if there's something that I've, I've been wrong about or something has changed. Uh, recently on Facebook, a guy challenged something about, you know, I, I was promoting a certification that I'm part of, I'm a director of, and he's like, you know, I've been in, I've been in the business 30 years. Why do I need it? And, and uh, I, I said, basically, because sometimes 30 years can be a good thing. And sometimes the guy's been doing it 30 years the wrong way. Why not? You know, and I said, we have a standardized test on national codes, procedures, safety and things. And, you know, if you really do know your stuff, take the test and it'll prove it. But I bet you don't. If you've been going 30 years and you're out there on an island and you're trying to get your education through Facebook, there's a problem. And um, so it was interesting, you know, uh, but a lot of people think that way about education, especially older people. Man, the, the, your new currency is education. So um, then also, uh, I, I was talking about some other companies coming across uh, or some other employees coming across and working for us because they weren't offered things. Uh, 
almost no one in the trades um, has true educational career paths for people. They haven't really thought of them like that, and they don't, you know, they just kind of get, they kind of bring people in and kind of start running with another technician, and they don't really have a path for them. I promise you, if you lay out a path for your employees, it's a lot more exciting for them, and, and especially one that they can control. For us, we have steps. We have apprentice step one, that's zero to 30 days. Apprentice step two, which is 31 to 60 days. Apprentice step three, which is 61 to 90. And apprentice step four, which is 91 to 120. That's our very first, you know, jump on board and get to know the industry while they're running in a truck. And so they... My guys now, I mean, within six months to a year, they know as much as I did in 10 years. And again, that is our advantage over our competitors. No one is training like us and no one is growing like we are either. So there's a, and I'm, you know, I'm talking about competitors in my local area, why are we growing so much and they they're growing they're, everybody's growing right now again it's American economy is unbelievable and if you're in it man there's there's some good things happening but why are we growing faster a couple reasons one we had systems in place to catch this big tailwind called the 2018-19 economy so we we're already ready for it but at the same time they they're they're trying to take advantage of it but almost none of them one competitor of mine is training like we are but no one else is they're not training at all like we are because he feels like he will lose his people so he doesn't want to train them up he's very secretive on on the money and how the guys get paid and very secretive on you know, uh, just certain things, you know, you can't hide these things from your employees. So, you know, my message is education, uh, this week. I, I, again, I'm going to be going to, I've got a couple educational events coming up. Uh, I do two educational events for Olympia chimney supply and Copperfield chimney supply, July 9th and 15th. Uh, July 9th is in Scranton. July 15th is in Reno for Olympia. And then I have our uh, summit, the Blue Collar Gold Summit in Nashville. And that's a two-day educational summit for our people and their staff. And we've got 25 or maybe 30 companies coming and bringing several of them are bringing staff. It's going to be super exciting. We're going to show exactly how we grow these businesses. Now, if you're listening and you don't have a business, come anyway. If you're if you're in a if you're in a different business, I promise you, the, the things we're going to talk about are have all kinds of crossover effects. If if you especially if you're in the service business or you're, um, I've got my tailor coming. You know, he's I, I talked about him before. He's he's on the list, and uh, you know we're looking for other trades to come because we all can learn from each other uh, on a consistent basis. I want to close this week with just some things that have happened to me in this last week business-wise that have just been really a result of 
one being an open person and 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 listening to ideas and two uh just being in business for the amount of time I've been in things start to come your way and I'll give you some examples we were going to we're going to open a branch office in another city pretty close to Nashville for the chimney business and when I made the decision to do it, I, I knew a person there, kind of going to be a competitor, but he's also a friend of mine. I went ahead and announced, sent him a message, hey, I uh, just want you to know I'm going to be coming, or going to be opening an office in Nashville. And I've helped him for a long time. And, and I told him eventually I probably would open an office over there. And so sure enough, he goes, yeah, I've been anticipating this day was coming. Would you like to buy my business? And, you know, just out of the blue, I, you know, I hadn't even thought of that. And then here's an opportunity to buy a business that's up and running and a well-run business. Now, I don't think we're going to make that deal, but just by me kind of changing what's in front of me, a whole lot of things happen. Another company came, an HVAC company came to service my air conditioner, and I've known this guy for a long time. And I asked him how business was. He goes, it's good. He goes, I'm ready to be done. He goes, why don't you buy my business? And he had said that a couple years ago, and I wasn't in a position to do it. But this year, this time when he said it, it, it changed my trajectory. And we're talking about that type of opportunity. Um, and, and there's been a couple other things like that this week that... Because I talked about it. Well, I was talking to a friend of mine in the roofing business in Florida. I told him we're in the chimney business. He said, you know, the roofing business needs needs these chimney caps you guys are making. And I'm going to start putting it out there to my friends in the roofing business that you guys are the source for it. And almost instantly that we started getting requests for these, you know, these chimney caps that we make because he has a lot of influence where he is and it's interesting how again if you're if you don't talk to many people in many other businesses and you just talk to your employees and and you come home or and, and you don't get out there and network around opportunities probably won't come to you but in in all these situations it's because i'm reaching out in some way and then there's the opportunity now None of these opportunities were on my goals list. None of them, you know, because we set goals every year. We're very, uh, you know, we're very uh, diligent about setting goals and growth patterns. But at the same time, you got to be flexible enough to to embrace an opportunity because the funny thing about opportunity is it never comes when you're ready. Like you don't just get ready for an opportunity to come and then here it is. An opportunity always comes barging in, smacking, breaking things like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do with this? Or it comes as a really little whisper and it says, you ought to think about this. And then, and you, you either pay attention to it or you let it go. But these things come every week. They come all the time. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to do anything with it? You've got an idea. Uh, my sister-in-law is an idea queen. She has so many business ideas. But there's a big difference between that idea and reality. And But for me, if it's a real idea and I, and I take it on, 
there's a great chance I'm going to try to make it reality to what level of success, you know, we don't know what that's going to be, but I love the idea phase of businesses. But back to recap what we're doing, you need to one, make sure you're not over hustling and, and you're, and you're not taking care of your health. Number one thing, if you look at millionaires, billionaires, the, the, the number one thing most of them do that are successful is exercise and are healthy about the way they live. Make sure you get enough sleep. I'm still fighting that. I still, I still need to get more than six hours, but I at least get six most nights and sometimes seven. Secondly, education is where you need to spend your money. If you need to take it out of marketing, you need to take it out of some other fund in your business, you need to reinvest it in your people, it is your competitive advantage. It's not pricing, it's not anything else, it's not your name, it's not your brand. Your education level of your employees and yourself is your competitive advantage. All right, guys, that's my time. Happy 4th of July. Again, we have uh, the, the uh, Blue Collar Gold Summit. Uh, I will put a link in the show notes. If you'd like to come get more information or come see us in Nashville, love to have you there. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.